0: We're not just a couple of middle-aged fat guys talking about classic rock. We're going bald, too. It's the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.
1: And that's nothing but pure and simple old-fashioned communism. Some French critics called it disgusting, repellent, a cultural Chernobyl. But when I was there, I was as happy as a little girl. That's right. That's my gift to you. Can't no one compel another
0: man to engage in recreation. Certainly not a son of a gun as ill-humored as you're saying.
1: Winner of this week's Gulf Coast Golf Classic was Chai-Chai Rotreweez.
2: There's there a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were
1: lovers. I have roustled with a alligator, out on tussle with a whale, out on handcuffed lightning, though thunder and deal. That's bad. i make
0: batteries to power.
1: Before we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on.
0: Yes! That's
1: awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And you are invited to come along we got a full tank of gas half a pack of cigarettes it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses hit it and now your hosts jeremy Lennon and jr stanton we've got to protect our phony baloney job gentlemen we must do something about this immediately it's time for the classic guitar rock podcast
0: well here we are jr wasn't the last time we did this like 2021? It? Um, well, it's been long enough
2: that, you know, I've
0: put a couple of inches down, down here below the chin. That. I see that. And I was clean shaven last time yeah. we
2: did this. So, it's you know, cool. it's like that progression, you know, of aging, you know, yes. that time lapse.
0: It, that's exactly what it is. And I have to say, it's been like over a month at least. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly, maybe two months, but it's my fault. And here's what's really sad. JR is like ready to do it, but like both times, I'm like just spaced it. Like I was on the way to Montana the last time, and and JR, <laughs> JR I, I I remember. I'm literally like heading down the highway, and I'm like, oh crap! It's yeah. like in ten minutes we're supposed to be doing the podcast, and I text JR and say, JR, dude, I'm on my way to Montana. I can't. I can't do it and jr sends back this picture of him with his headphones on yep. microphone ready and you know what it made me, you know what it made me think of jr what was that remember that song cats in the cradle oh yeah yeah the little boy wants all he wants is dad to do is yeah.
2: yeah. chest with him the yeah that's all a- i wanted jeremy just yeah. a few minutes of your time man and uh there i am with a tear yeah, well, over my eye yeah i was
0: getting I felt bad. I felt like the deadbeat dad in the Cats in the Cradle song.
2: Well, you know, I I, I (laughs) intentionally sent uh, that that photo in in time, too. It was, you know, it was uh, almost immediate. I am here.
0: Yeah. It was there, ready to go. And here I was. I just left him hanging. He was stood
2: up hey so, you know here's the thing it's never alive and dangerous until it's live and dangerous so if there was spontaneity that's the key to to you know the, the flavor of what we do dangerous yeah. and would so never the, know if the show is going on or or not and the
0: emphasis is on the danger the more danger. than live. i yeah, think the danger yeah, i i agree with that okay so we we're gonna talk about a classic album in fact the most successful hard rock album ever That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about yes and it's incredible on so many levels and we'll get to that but before we do that just a few things some housekeeping things some other things you'll notice jr i know you've noticed we started to do i say we but it's really me because jr's like working he's got a job
2: i, I got mean, a real job but but hey, that somebody has to pay for the bills, so
0: exactly. I mean, that's not a real rock and roll lifestyle. Do not have to I mean, wrap me out like this? You're working. But anyways, I've I've started to do a daily update on X. You can check it out on X. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. And so every day we just do a little quick update, music in the in the news or new, news about music, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far,
2: so good. I mean, yeah, I think it's a neat little pick me up. I'll be honest with you. You know, oh. even if I can't join you live and and enjoy that piece, I know that a couple of times I've I actually clicked it on live where you know obviously I'm typing. I appreciate
0: okay, that. Yeah. So, so
2: you're uh, pro- you're probably with a patient. You know, you're yeah, actually, don't, with the don't mention that part. But, oh, sorry. You know, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is Joan.
2: I have but, no
0: idea what was that I hear. To- I hear, from, yeah, I hear from JR in the middle of the, but you know, what's interesting is those updates are usually only like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes long, Brilliant. but I, I still get comments mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, do I break in the middle and respond to So it's, I'm still <sighs> trying to figure out what to do with um,
3: it. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell
2: you, I think it's next level. I think those tiny yeah. morsels of, of, you know, information, it keeps you fresh. Uh, one of the things that you, you know, we're banging on you a little bit for, for the myths on the podcast, but I don't know, to do what you're doing, uh, on a daily basis, uh, week to week, putting those, those, uh, small blurps that, uh, still very informative, uh, very timely morsels. I like that. I, I mean, I like it well enough to tune in. So, well, good. That's saying something. I mean, Especially since you're part
0: of the show. You know, yeah. I mean it's nice that you tune in. Yeah, I day. Day. <laughs> between right between Mrs. Jones. And- yeah. <laughs> so, you know, here's the way I look at it. I mean, you can go anywhere to get news. Yeah. But we talk about the important stuff. We're talking about classic rock news. Things that are relative to you. Absolutely. You talk know about the good stuff. And one thing that I mentioned today and I don't know why I'm so excited about this, probably because I liked the last one so much. I mentioned it today. The new Dawkins album comes out tomorrow. And we're going to talk about that on the update tomorrow. Okay. Well, I
2: like the fact that, you know, you can be, it just kind of gives us a lot of uh, hope into the future when you, you know, of course he's making no excuses, but you get to a certain age. Hey, if you're still up on stage and putting on a good show. Yeah. And I think, Dawkins certainly can deliver on on the theatrics.
0: The uh the band is really good. You mentioned you you sent me the text with the guy, is it John Levin? Is that mm-hmm. his John name? John Levin. John Levin is the guitarist in Dawkins, and and I meant it when I said he sounds more like George Lynch than George Lynch does. I mean, seriously, he's really good. And so that's what I liked about the last Dawkins album that Broken
3: uh, Broken. There, Bones? Was,
0: there was one before that. It was something okay. uh back again i can't remember it was like 2012 but i really liked it i really dug it so i'm looking forward to this one and that the leadoff single over the mountain mm-hmm. sounds really good so i'm i'm looking forward to it dawn is a little he's not pushing the envelope vocally
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh so you can tell he's he's 70 years old he's taking it easy but it sounds good
2: I, uh, again, I, I think it, that uh, getting there, the personality, the ex- the experience of being, you know, in a live live venue, I think it's worth the money. I didn't mention this to you, but I'll be on the road tomorrow. I'm heading to Houston, uh, a Mesa. There you go. Nice. Got some nice. tickets, man. We'll, we'll want to report. Yeah, I will. I will report back. You know, I, I'll tell you that uh, this will be a, my second pilgrimage to Houston for you know the same, a very same, similar concert. So, so, so who's who's there? Tell us what's, what's going just on. basically it's him and his and his set. But last okay. time he had, uh, you know, again he had a lot of notoriety uh, individuals. Uh, he had the keyboard from Stevie Ray Vaughan that plays with him. Wow, a lot of okay. you know it, it's it's always fun because he can move. Mesa can move between genres. And and is believable on all of them. And I, I was talking to a, a client of mine today, saying, you know, what I like most about it is, you know, he's pretty believable at any in any aspect, whether he's throwing a rock, you know, rock at you, or if he's going back and visiting the blues. You know, he he plays so well that you can't. Uh, he's I, heck, he can play flamanca. Huh? So yeah, you know, no, he's. So he's this
0: compliment. will, this will tell you the kind of brother mm-hmm. I am. Okay. So, about a year ago, I had a chance to go see Joe Bonamassa here in town. Oh. A friend of mine. He's a friend of mine and my brother, Jeff. You know my brother, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. So, he calls me. Chris calls me and says, hey, I got got a ticket to see Bonamassa. You want to go with me? Well, I had a commitment and I couldn't go and I was bummed. And I said, but you know what? My brother, Jeff, would love to go. He said, yeah, I'll take Jeff. So, Jeff went and saw Bonamassa in my place and said it was really good so
2: hey from start to finish he doesn't miss there's you know sometimes you're watching a show and there's a lull you know there's things well, kind of a lull in the middle but uh, not with him because and the reason why is he can change it up so quick and and that's yeah. the other side is these so significantly talented but what I like about him too is he's also kind of a nerd he's <laughs> he's a, a total he's a total nerd
0: yeah uh, El Pizzle, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, Bruce K. Also, thanks for joining us. And he uh, Bonamassa is great, and he's the first one to tell you he's a nerd, and mm-hmm. he's got he's got one of the greatest collections of not only vintage guitars but vintage amps. Mm. Uh, it's it's like a museum. His house is like a museum.
2: Well, that's yeah. probably how why he can play so well, uh, and and you could probably plug in, you t- know. To anything and sound great, yeah, uh, and familiarity as well. It didn't seem like there was too many things that he he hasn't been accomplished on, but again, I, I'm looking forward to the concert. I'll be there, it's Saturday, it's when we're gonna be there. Awesome. Me, and my, me, me and my brother, guess what? Brother came through, He's absolutely. Tickets. I just go down, all I have to do is get there. Yeah,
0: uh, it's great. Uh, Bruce has seen Joe twice at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. So, yeah, my brother loved the show. My my brother was familiar with them, but my brother's not the same level of nerdiness getting into music than I am. But he, he liked it, said the sound was really good. Everyone's a great player. You mentioned Reese Wy- Wyans, Winans, the keyboard player, was there. Yeah, he's, yeah, he said it was a great show. So, yeah,
2: excellent.
0: By the way, our uh, chat is open or comments are open, whether you're on, uh, if it works on Facebook. I can't remember. We were having problems with Facebook before. Mm -hmm. But on YouTube and Twitter or X, you should be able to put your comments in if you want to. Okay. Now, when we come back, JR, we're going to dive into a phenomenal album from 1980. Phenomenal history. It's an album that shouldn't have worked but it did work. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Hey, this is Jeremy Lunn and host of the classic guitar rock podcast. If you're a business owner trying to market your products or services to a growing audience, let me invite you to consider advertising here on our podcast. The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is currently rated in the top 2.5% globally according to ListenNotes.com, and our prime demographic is males aged 35 to 59. Here's one of the great things about advertising with us. An ad you run with us today will still be getting played 5 or 10 years from now. Because our episodes never expire, neither will the ads you run with us. Think about that. As our audience continues to grow, you are locked in with an ad you place now at a very low rate. It really is a phenomenal investment. If you think our demo is a great fit for your offering, it really is a no-brainer. We can do anything from a simple host-read ad to a fully-produced commercial. Either way, you will be shocked at how economical it is to advertise on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. If you're interested, please email me, Jeremy, at ClassicGuitarRock at Mail.com. But hurry, because availability is limited.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and
1: data rates may apply.
3: Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Four out of five doctors surveyed. Don't recommend listening to this program.
3: I always listen when I'm sitting on the toilet.
1: It's the classic guitar rock podcast.
0: So first I'm going to start with the question, Jr. Ask it. Your first... That you can remember your first exposure, not, not just to Back in Black, but to ACDC. What's your first recollection of ACDC?
2: Well, sixth grade, uh, cassette player, uh, my buddy Keith Kosashani. He, he, he was huge on, on ACDC, but then my other buddy, Robert, uh, Robert Payne, big guy got away with anything on, on, on purchases. And, uh, he got that, that tape fairly early and what, you know, in terms of coming out, because of course, rural uh, Oklahoma, you, you don't just get (laughs) the latest release, but no, he had that. Uh, you know, I remember the, 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 I rushed in on in back in black was, was it, because the title track was i mean there was a lot of people release wise that i think may have gravitated to like you should be all night long something like that but but uh back in black was you know when i when i came on board i guess that would have been later in the year but yeah. uh, december somewhere in that time frame and, That's and awesome yes when because i'm 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 cheating and looking when it was released but um that would have been the first song that I remember. And I remember because of the beat and it, you could, you could dismiss some of the other, uh, language that might, you know, cause they're definitely colorful in their language of, yeah. uh, and lyric. But no, I came on, <laughs> on board with back in black. Uh, I can tell you that, that, uh, it's one of those grinding to a crescendo style, uh, riff and music that you're going to, it's going to stick with you. So yeah, I liked it. It was, I, I'll tell you something that was kind of funny. I always equate ACDC to that 79 and the 80 Trans Am uh, from Smokey and, and the Bandit. It's kind of funny. Okay. I,
0: like, I, don't, I, never, I never could figure out why, but. but uh, it, it works, right? Mm-hmm. If you saw the, the TA going down the road, you would almost expect back in black. To be cranking out of it. Well, oh, I totally get that.
2: Yeah. Well, I think Smoking demand came out the, around the same time. The set. It was uh, a little one little or before. two. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, two. Yeah. Two, two would have been. Money. Yeah. Totally. But uh, and in my in you know in in uh, in. Uh, Apache, Oklahoma. If you were, you know, you were hitting on all cylinders. If you had ACDC, uh t tops off on the Trans Am, and you know, you're you blaring down Main Street. I mean, you didn't have any money for anything else, but but
3: but you, you, were, you, you were living, living large, large
2: loud on yeah. Main Street, and so uh, that sort of thing kind of stands out, uh, you know, in my mind. That's awesome. That, that I, you know, of-
0: I was thinking about and and probably about the same time. There's some about. You know, sixth grade for me, Mm -hmm. sixth grade was when I was starting to pay attention to music and kind of forming my own musical opinions. And for me, the first, my first exposure to ACDC was actually not back in black. I can remember I lived on Fort Sill. This would have been like 79. Mm -hmm. And I'd always walk up to the PX, the post exchange, which is a big department store Mm Mm-hmm and the records were cheap there a new record was either 550 or 650 so they weren't very expensive but i can remember the first time seeing acdc albums i remember the power the powerage album mm-hmm. and the one that stuck with me because it left mental scars was the <laughs> if you want blood you got it album where on the back the guitar's jabbed into angus's back and there's <laughs> blood all over i just remember thinking <laughs> Who is this band? Who's this violent band?
2: And, uh, yeah, the, and, and of course uh in cl- clean cut uh, Bible Belt of Oklahoma, you know, exactly. my mom would have had my height like, if she knew, if she saw that. I would have never, I would have never got uh, an AC/DC album into the oh, into the house with, with not the, uh, at all, you know, cover
0: art, not at all. And then, so then, um. 7th grade wrapped up in 9th okay summer of 1980 i went to you and i both were at central junior high yep for 7th grade but we didn't know each other
2: yeah i was too cool for you
0: yeah i you were cool <laughs> i was a nerd but but i left after that 7th grade i moved to montana and then in montana again mm-hmm. i'm digging more into music i really got into like boston and i heard rush for the first time and um, we used to have a long school bus ride and actually this probably wasn't until about 81 mm-hmm. but I remember they would always play back in black on the school bus ride so I was hearing back in black all the time at that time you know Hell's Bells mm-hmm. I mean the whole album you know
2: You'd have to so, be way in the back to hear that. If he was anywhere near the uh, bus driver, you were going to get was shut a down.
0: hard bus driver, this old guy named Glenn, he didn't even pay attention. He <laughs> didn't know what was going on. But yeah, you know, some of those songs had an adult been paying attention, they probably would have made us turn it off. But I, I loved it. And then I joined the record, the Columbia House Record Club, and we I all did. got we all I did. I ordered, I ordered. Uh, i'll admit it right when you were when you're in seventh grade the coolest song in the world was big balls right <laughs> off of dirty deeds so i ordered mm-hmm. dirty deeds and of course i couldn't play that around my mom you know you, you couldn't you play could barely balls. play it around your friends exactly you couldn't play big balls or love at first feel right in mm-hmm. front of your mom
2: well it, or your f- friend's mom <laughs> no so it's like where do you where do you go to listen
3: a bad idea
2: the
0: back so, of the bus
3: yeah exactly
2: <laughs> with, a,
0: with so, a portable cassette player that's right really? it was it's one where you have the, the little two earwaxy plugs and yeah. you split it with your friend you you have your one earwax. You, exactly yeah that's how you did it back that's yeah. how we rolled this was yeah. pre walkman
2: man, man so, you really had to have a lot of commitment <sighs> but that was you know that
0: was the exposure Our exposures to ACDC around the same time and and probably very similar, but just played the heck out of that.
2: Yeah, played, played it, listened to the, the you know, uh, back and forth. I think that, that uh, I listened to every song on the album at some point but never contiguously because of the fact that I always got uh, stuck on ACDC and, would you know, back then you actually had to rewind the, the tape. Yeah, exactly. It. And yeah. it's like, oh, I love this. And then, do you remember when they came out with the the auto-rewind? You could actually do one track yeah. back and you didn't
0: have yeah. to like,
3: ah, see, that was rich. Huge.
2: Rich people had that.
0: See, yeah, I, we didn't, didn't I didn't have that. that yeah, had kind of rich people. people. Oh, here's and, Here's something I thought of. This was short-lived, late 80s. Remember the K-Single? Um, Remember the Kasingles? No, I don't remember that one. You don't re- No, you know, No, remember how you could go buy a 45 record, mm-hmm. right? And then they started selling I singles on I remember
2: the Kasingle. Yes, the, the, the it came with a paper wrapper instead of a plastic one. Exactly. They so, put it in there and they sold it uh, for a, a more than what? Yeah, a forty-five seemed, would be, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They were probably like one ninety-nine or $2. Yeah. two forty-nine. Versus, you know, at Kmart in nineteen eighty-two, I think a, I think it was ninety-nine cents for a forty-five, so you mm-hmm. could buy a forty-five for ninety-nine cents.
2: But you know, then you, you know, you were old tech.
3: You, yeah, you, I not cutting
2: edge.
0: No, I wasn't. But I just thought about that today. The Casingle, I mean, they were only around for like two years and they were gone. Yeah. Um. So here's what's fascinating about Back in Black. And think about this, okay? Mm-hmm. Think, think, think about the odds here. First of all, 1979, they have an album. Their most popular album to date, yep. Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. Huge album. ACDC was on the way up. I mean, they were already pretty big, but they were, I mean, that album was about, it broke them, right, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That was a big Album. That was it, and based on their popularity, that popularity, their older albums started to sell. In fact, here's something I just learned, it which shocked me. I'm going to put you on the spot. Wh- what do you think their most popular album is?
2: Well, it's Back in Black. Back
0: in- okay, what do you think their second most popular album is? Highway to Hell. What do you think their third most popular album is?
2: Uh, Thunderstruck. So no, no, ah. uh,
0: their third most popular album was Dirty Deeds Done okay, Dirt
3: okay. Cheap.
0: Surprise me. I thought for those about to rock would
3: it come mm-hmm. in? We um, should.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but there's but my point is <coughs> there's a term for it. I can't remember the term. And if I wasn't so heavily sedated, I probably would. <laughs> but the the Highway to Hell album
3: mm-hmm.
0: was one of those albums that not only had tremendous sales on its own but it made people go back and buy their back catalog. So the sales of Powerage and Let There Be Rock and Dirty Deeds they all went up way up with the success of Highway to Hell. Which so yeah. so they're at the top they're at the top. I mean they were very
2: well, they were poised to take over the world.
0: They were poised. That's a great way to put it. Poised to take over the world. And then, of course,
2: yeah. in Fe-
0: February of 1980.
2: hmm Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Alcohol poisoning, uh, again, uh, with the culprit of many lead singer band, or band members, not lead singers. Absolutely. Uh, took Bon Scott. Uh And I, you know, I will say that uh, you got to figure that the remainder of the band probably thought this was done. You know,
0: absolutely. And and the thing about this is, again, not to blame anyone, Mm -hmm. but the accounts I've read is, you know, Bond was a pretty heavy drinker. Mm -hmm. You know, notorious drinker. Uh, A friend left him if I'm getting this right, sleeping in the car. He was passed out in the car, which was not an uncommon thing. It had happened before. His friend just Exactly. His fringes said, oh, he'll wake up in the morning. Except he didn't. <coughs> but you wonder if things would have been handled differently. Maybe he would have not died.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know,
0: he, he did. Um, so let's think about the timeline here. February of nineteen eighty.
3: Mm-hmm. He's they're doing what? They're,
2: yeah, they're riding high. Yep. Bon Scott just puts a, a, a punctuation on on riding high, and, yep. and, and
0: dies. And he dies. Uh, the band. I think you're exactly right. I think most of the band thought, well, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. They did get together just a few days after his death. I think it was right after the funeral mm-hmm. they got together and they decided we're going to continue. Yeah. Bond would want us to to continue, and we're going to continue.
2: That's why I heard it. Yep, yep. And and, and I think that that uh, that there's probably some truth that if you stop touring, you die. Uh, both musically, and in some cases, the guys uh, the the most compelling aspect of their life is on is lived on stage so uh that the show must go on i really yeah. think there's probably some truth in that uh, in, in, in all of, of entertainment i uh, think
0: so i think so you all think about it think about and i don't mean to make fun of this or but on a tour there's structure right there's someone mm-hmm. there's a manager saying come on guys we gotta go getting everyone out of the hotel room get on the bus at 11 hit the mm-hmm. road in between right in between tours in between recording sessions I think you're exactly right it's the downtime where they're kind of left to their own devices mm-hmm. I think that's what happened here yeah I
3: that. think you're right
2: and it, it, it's a shame um, but then the rebound of that the boomerang is what's the likelihood that that you're gonna be able to even come close and if so is the album really gonna have the staying power and i think that's the twist of what you're where you're heading with the uh, thing. absolutely is it? this, the, this is the odds were stacked against them for back to back in black to actually do anything or perform at the level of expectation simply because how could you replace bond scott you can get away sometimes cheating uh with a drummer that that uh, yeah. is down or out you can maybe maybe get a by with a different uh guitar player but when you lose the vocal you lose the voice and uh you better dang well have something in the background and i i'm not saying that that it's impossible uh certainly you know journey over the time frame uh, has done well with trying to to mix up lead singers but and there's probably a few other bands that could that you could name i know you're an mm-hmm. aficionado um but but to my mind there, you you know, you lose the lead singer, you're gone. So when you yeah. see AC/DC come out with Back in Black, uh, it's not just a testament to to the fact that they chose to go on; it's the the, the the commitment and the level of commitment that they had, and more importantly, it proves that the creativity of, of, of such was going to be able to to sustain them. Now, um, again, most of the, the the songs, most of the the music was was pretty much there, was it not, Jeremy?
0: They had done, they had started working on uh, some of the music, uh, but I don't think most of it was done. I know some of it had been done. And this is all, by the way, Bruce Kay says some bands are over when certain people die. EVH and Neil Peart. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. You couldn't continue with, without those two people. And I think a lot of people probably felt the same about bond. And mm-hmm. so just, just from a timeline look at this he dies in February was it February 19th I don't have the date in front of me yeah he dies, actually. He dies in February was- they're in the studio by April
3: mm-hmm.
0: now this the the story if I'm remembering it you would think if I was more prepared, I would have read all this. March
2: 29th. March remember. 29th, they find a, a leak.
0: <laughs> okay, so do you know the story about – tell us a little about Brian. What was Brian doing? First of he all, was, he,
2: he, he was actually – uh, yeah, he had been in, um, what, uh, Gordy. jordy 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 jordy, jordy. jordy. No. Uh, yeah. but he was living with his parents <laughs> he had given up he'd not given up per se on life but given up on 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 the fact that he was a rock and roll it, dream hit yeah yeah and uh uh working so, as a mechanic i believe exactly and i it, well that was i think that was the family trade mm-hmm. um but again from his standpoint he thought you know this is behind me and it's kind of you know like the idea that that uh, and that's the big piece is he wasn't working on any projects, so he was free. Um, right. So my understanding was that you got a uh, the what somebody one of the producers had a, mm-hmm. a had a relationship, knew of him from the his from the the time singing with Jordy and recommended. And gave and get recommended, I think there's this Brian guy and and, and keep in mind, I think that that the, the rock scene was enough that everyone kind of knew everyone, but mm-hmm. you didn't know that the puzzles would piece together in such the way that it did, and I don't think that that uh Brian Johnson actually thought he could pl- plug into that, and so he was dismissive of his own talent, but he went anyway to the mm-hmm. to because they had asked to hey come down, we want to hear you uh and again, he was surprised. That he ha- was, you know, just in, in the idea that here I'm an old man; these guys are young, they're upcoming, and rock and roll is kind of benched on on the cornerstone of youth. Um, and so he re- it really was dismissive, and maybe that was the relaxed state. I think he actually says the fact that he was so relaxed going in that he, the pressure wasn't. It would have been pressure on someone young,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: younger, but he was a journeyman, and because of that, uh, he had the kind of voice that that uh, that synced in, and they knew. Um, they knew right away, I think, because he was ready to go back home. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, he had
0: a nothing to, I got nothing to lose attitude. I think you're exactly right. And did they audition other people? Jr.
2: I think they that. did. Um, You know, I don't remember, I don't remember the the playlist on that, but uh, yeah, they had had other people, but that, I think that was, that was the point that made it dismal for the bandmates is that they hadn't heard uh, a voice that, 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 uh, that stood. So, you know, they gave them hope that they could, you know, we're going to, we're not on on board the Hindenburg here, you know, (laughs) so, so, uh, uh, so when they heard brian it was enough of a of enough st- of a stark re- realization that uh they didn't need to listen to anyone else i know after yeah. that so the, he, he
0: was the guy they had him mm-hmm. come in they're in the studio let me see look let me look at my my cheat sheet here they recorded it in april and may of 1980 mm-hmm. of course mutt lang the famous mutt lang <laughs> is the producer yeah um And, and here's what fascinates me. You listen to Back in Black. You listen to Highway to Hell. Brian's style and, and Bond's style
2: are pretty different. Mm-hmm. They're pretty different, completely different, really. Well, I think Brian said he wasn't going to try and, and sound like Bond. He, shouldn't, he didn't think that they, he could do do that right but he thought he could bring something that would that was still commercial enough to yeah. to sell and i obviously he was right it, and it uh, and and so i i think you get into trouble uh trying to emulate the the voice um you know on, on of, of somebody who's just recently gone and 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 uh, i don't think the fans were expecting the exact aspect cuz again i don't think Bond scott uh could, could stand still On stage or or lean into a mic and with you know both hands he he seemed to be all over kind of he was all over so they you know kind of rip your shirt off and run around half naked on stage so Uh, here's here's what's here's what's
0: similar about both of them right mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to a jordy album i'm trying to remember because i have i've gone back and listened to jordy and i'm not sure that if i didn't know it was brian johnson I'm not sure that I'd be able to tell it was Brian Johnson because we're used to the Brian Johnson we hear, Wah! you know that that Brian Johnson sound. Well, mm-hmm. in Jordy, he's singing, right? He's more singing.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's,
0: not, he's not the heavy metal or. Not him, you know what I'm saying,
3: yeah. It's he
2: didn't, he didn't, he the genre didn't rest on a gravelly voice. Exactly. Uh, he, he actually was trying to articulate in a way that, that we would think traditional singing is. Yeah. it would, and, would and, and, and there's you know, again, to frame that correctly, I think that you know, probably the band was more aligned to that too.
0: Yeah, Jordy was a power pop band, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually some pretty good guitar playing, but it's definitely. More of a pop vein than what AC DC was doing. Now, here's what's funny. Bon Scott had also come from a very loungy pop type band before ACDC as well. Nah. So it's funny to go back and watch these old clips of like seeing Bon Scott when he was like in leisure suits, you know, singing total, total pop stuff. Um so uh, and, and as you were talking about, you know, we we're talking about the, them being so different. And Brian's idea was, I'm not going to try and sound like Bond. I'm a different mm-hmm. person. I think of another band that was very successful with the same formula. That's Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Sammy comes in and he says, I'm not going to be Dave. I'm a different person. And he was a different person. And when, when, when very Ronnie, successful. When Ronnie Dio replaced Ozzy in Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, he said, "I'm a different person than Ozzy. I'm going to do my own thing." So there's three examples of bands that were successful with new lead singers. Okay, uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting.
2: It's Vers- it's interesting, and and I think that you you know the the things that you touch on there um, the. Maybe there's natural progressions. Again, the, w- when you correlate Bond Scott and, and maybe the natural thing from that, that kind of pop, more commercial. I mean, maybe then you, maybe you, the natural progression is to something that's okay. You, I can diverge, especially Brian, who's a journeyman. He, he, he's probably had toyed around with a lot of different sounds before settling on, on. Uh, where he was and as an accomplished vocalist at that time, so you know he thought his his career was over. But it, but but the thing is, he had the the virtue of having experience. Yeah. So uh, I don't think he you know I I don't think that that uh he had ruined any any of his vocal capacity at that point so <laughs> yeah. yeah you know who knows um, but uh, he, uh whatever he tapped into was hugely successful and when he delivered it delivered uh you know to a sixth grade adolescent uh gave me gave me chills and and i know that when uh, when i jumped onto the ACDC bandwagon i was you know i was there for life and that's probably the piece uh, now again i wasn't familiar with Bon scott when i was in 1979 1980 i mean i just you know it wasn't something i wasn't peeling back the layers of music at that time that's why it's so fun now years later to go back and understand that the fabric of, of these these albums and, and the and, and then the irony of success that it would take to to lose the the one of the driving members of the band and that pretty much some would say the identity, the, the guy that puts the fingerprint on the band uh, other than Angus. Um, I think Angus had definitely had a stage present with, with all of his schoolboy fanatics. But um, mm-hmm. I think that the, those that that piece of it speaks to the idea that that uh, first you, you have to be prepared then you have to have an opportunity you can't have success without those two components, preparation and and not often preparation and, and uh, then opportunity. So Vaughn, his passing gave Brian an opportunity that he probably was not likely to ever have. And he maximized on it. And so he brought his a game, it shows. And, and then here we are talking about it, you know, a band who's re-released that album, (laughs) Maybe four, four or five times in different. In, in, it's the same album, right. uh, remastered, uh, mind you. But uh, each time it hits on a re-release, it climbs chart the charts. It sells. Yep. yep. And, so and, and can you and name I, too many too many bands that re- re- will remaster the the album and and resell it and almost enjoy the same success?
0: No, no, not really. But here's the thing. My favorite quote. My favorite mm-hmm. Angus quote. Angus says, I get sick and tired of people saying we've made the same album 12 times. We've made the same album 13, 13 times. times, you know, so whatever the number is now. And But but that's it. That's funny when you hear that. But to be mm-hmm. honest, let's be honest. That's one of the things we like about ACDC is we know their so last man. album, the one that came out a year or two ago. Can't even remember what it was called it was a great album and guess what it sounded like every other acdc album and i was okay with that
2: because there's, with
0: there's a there's a comfort level hey if it ain't broke don't fix it you know
2: And i agree with that you know i uh you know obviously uh i we were we were talking about different albums thunderstruck and all these others uh you know the that came out these are they have a driving component to them that, that you know it's ACDC, so it, it, it satisfies. It checks the boxes. It makes you feel, you know, hey, um, it's almost like. I will say this. I'll compare it to whatever your favorite drink is, whether it be Cure's mm-hmm. Light or Dr. Pepper. When you pop the can, you know what you're going to get. But ACDC, totally. you pop the can. It's the flavor that you want. And there's not, it's not like you, you, you know, if you popped a uh, a Dr. Pepper can and, and, and you, you tasted Pepsi, now that would be a problem. Yeah. So yeah, uh, totally. I think ACDC embraced that from the start and they knew uh, who was buying their albums. More importantly, they knew mm-hmm. who, their, who was, you know, who was our listening uh, group. And uh, they were able to, to deliver that and deliver it uh, obviously on, uh, you know, consecutive basis. But uh, so, again,
3: look, go ahead.
0: I didn't mean to interrupt you few yeah. with that thought. So I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Van Halen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mentioned Black Sabbath both bands that had and there are others but those are the first two i think of right uh van halen black sabbath that had you know very popular lead singers that were replaced in the band now it happened happened in acdc too but i hear it with Ozzy, or not with Ozzy. i hear it with with sabbath fans i hear it with van halen fans there's a lot of debate a lot of Van Halen fans. It's only Dave. Oh, I, Van Hagar. Oh, Sammy ruined Van Halen. It's or Sabbath. Oh, it's not Sabbath without Ozzy, right? So you get these arguments between the fan base. You and I have talked about this yes. before. I treat them. I treat them like two different bands. Two, right? two
2: separate bands, and and, 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 and that way
0: it's good. It's all good because you can love. The, the Dave Van Halen, you can love the Sammy Van Halen. You can love the Aussie Sabbath. You can love the Dio Sabbath.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but, and here's what's funny. I don't see as much of that among AC/DC fans. And here's my theory, and maybe I'm overthinking this. Bon Scott died. They didn't have a choice
3: mm-hmm.
0: but to replace him. Do you Makes think so. Do you think maybe that accounts for there not being the arguments between the two
2: eras? I, I would say so. I think I buy, I buy into that argument, um, in simply because the, the, the you got to figure when you're at the pinnacle or if you're at the top and people are salivating over that next you know release, uh, think of the disappointment that would that you would have been set up for. So um, I'm thankful that AC/DC tried. I'm mm-hmm. more, more thankful that they succeeded. Um, because, you know, like I said, it, it certainly frames a time period in my life when, and I think, it, you know, we keep always beating this, this horse on to death on this, <laughs> but it frames a time period in my life, which I can, re- you know, I go back to when I play the song. Maybe that's why they're able to successfully re, re release that, that album and remastered or, or, mm-hmm. or, or on bonfire. They they released it again, um, that same album, the same songs, but the 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 idea would be that you know it's it's hitting something. Certainly, um, it it probably rings more true than other albums have in the past. And and I wouldn't say it was necessarily a recipe. I think it's really uh, authentic authenticity. So some people will say, well, we you know we we delivered the same music. Now I, I think what happened is we delivered the same band. And uh, yeah. the intensity. And so it's the same experience. And so if you can deliver the same experience, uh, that's that's the, the hitch uh, that kind of keeps everything going in the linchpin of, of life is if you can deliver something that is just as good as the the original in, in a way that that it has the impact on on oh, well. The audience, uh, then you're going to have people coming back for you based on authenticity. So don't try and be something different. They ever have, um, and I think that they, they there's been obviously times when when maybe they, they were better advised. They were advised to, to to drive away from that, looking for something that was a little more. You know, can we transition to ACDC uh, a little commercially in the 80s, 90s, not and into the 2000s? Well, I don't think they ever betrayed their their sound. Yeah. They so, they have so. they have
0: even I mean you look at Angus's guitar sound, right? I mean it's pretty much
2: it's it's an S G
0: into a Marshall, mm-hmm. right? Some would
2: argue that Mutt Lang had a lot to do with that sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know, but uh I do think it was uh, what Def Leppard was around around the same time frame, but not with Mutt Lang.
3: Mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah, uh, exactly. And, and 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 Mutt Lang, we could do a whole episode on Mutt Lang, right? Mm-hmm. Uh I'm sure he, he had a lot to do with it, but, but at the, at the, at the base, right? It was, Mm it was Angus and Malcolm. Malcolm never gets the credit he should get. (laughs) Well,
2: Angus gives him credit.
0: Uh, Angus does, but Malcolm was the guy that came up with the riffs, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it was Angus's job to, he'd play the solos and he'd do mm-hmm. the show. Right. And, and Malcolm's just right back there at the back of the stage, holding things down. But he was really,
2: he was the guy, you know, he was the guy. Well, my know? favorite story right. was when, uh, Malcolm was talking to Angus on stage, they were doing a sound sound check and, um, uh, he's playing a, a warm up, which, you know, to get his fingers ready for, for, you know, the, the play and just getting sound checked out. And, and, uh, Malcolm looks over to Angus and says, uh, what's that you're playing? He says, "It's so a uh, finger warm up, it gets me a limber. He says, no, no, that's an ACDC song. Mm.
3: Thunderstruck.
0: Thunderstruck. That's, that sounds like one that would have started out as like, it's a just, just a, exercise.
2: Uh, just, yeah. Fred exercise. Yeah. Yep.
0: And that, you know, and, and, and from a guitar player standpoint, mm. JR and I both play a little guitar from a guitar player standpoint. The beauty of ACDC is the simplicity, right? Mm-hmm. They're not hard to play Mm-mm. but but ACDC more than any other band I can think of uses space right mm-hmm. They don't try and fill every measure with a jillion notes and another trick you notice I think this is a mutlang trick. you hear this a lot on ACDC. you'll hear the first verse it's all guitar God. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it might, then the bass comes in and the second verse and it's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, it's like it's just very powerful and simple
2: mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and percussion uh, somewhere. Yeah. <coughs> then the drums,
0: of course <coughs> you got <coughs> the drums <coughs> in there and it's, it's perfect. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I and mean, then that's the blueprint. But here's the other thing that's fascinating to me, JR. Mm-hmm. And this happens without me even noticing, right? Listen to some live brian johnson acdc right it's Mm -hmm. live there at river plate or wherever there's lots of concerts on the internet that you can watch and i'll be halfway through a song and i'll realize that's a bond song that he's singing Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't seem weird it doesn't seem weird because i guess over the last 40 years we're used to hearing brian's voice but you realize that's Brian singing TNT and it and it works i mean even though his delivery's different he's a different voice than bond
3: mm
2: here's here's something that, right that might points. something that might do that though to you as well you remember how you said that uh you know when they released uh, when when back in black prior to that highway in hell came out it, it it gave a lot of stock to their prior uh portfolio and raised the equity right so everybody goes back and buys this well see i wasn't on board yet so when i'm hearing mm-hmm. it they you know i think that that uh Brian had got in and and, and had a, a, a he was the primary voice to me. So then when I went right. back, I'm like, oh, this Bond Scott's guy is really good. But I he- heard things uh, r- relative to to Brian, and uh, again, the benefit of age is ignorance. So you know, when yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you're young, you just don't know, uh, right? And so for me, it's like you know, again, you peel but peel back the layers on it, and you realize, oh. I re- that is a a really really good song. So hearing you know for me it, the second love was falling in love with Bon Scott's yeah. ACDC. My first love was Brian Johnson. I hadn't I hadn't really caught on early enough. And you know I again if I'd have been a you know a West Coast guy maybe maybe so maybe I'm cutting edge. But who knows? Uh, at mm-hmm. this point, um, I think that 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 what what happened was I was familiar with Brian and then discovered bond as a result of that and then you go oh this is cool and then you listen to, to what they were doing and it, it's almost again like two different bands in some ways but but i'm more familiar with brian's voice so I was i was comfortable hearing him sing those older songs
0: and and here's the thing based on the math right mm-hmm. based on numbers i think that's probably the case with most acdc mm-hmm. fans yeah because acdc was such a huge album i mean They played You Shook Me All Night Long on top forty radio. Mm -hmm. You know? So so (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think that's probably the case with most people is Brian, the Brian version of A C D C was their first exposure and then they went back to the Bond stuff. I get I Mm -hmm. I bet that's the case with
2: you know I would argue that's probably the case. I mean I again, you know, you talk if we're talking to someone who's ten years older than me, you know. Yeah, and, and, and Bruce Kay's saying, you know, they were huge in Atlanta during, and, and that makes sense. Uh, yeah, especially I, I, Black Sabbath years is what he's saying, and that <laughs> I, that makes sense. Bon Scott, Bon Scott. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I yeah. was like yeah. Black yeah.
3: Sabbath. Well, how do you know
2: how you were tying things in, Jeremy? Exactly. I always tend to yeah. go back to that genealogical tree of yeah. rock and roll and try to go okay, because everything's tied in. But,
0: yeah. uh, but anyway, but but no, the, and that's a good point. Bruce says. ACDC was huge in Atlanta during the Bond Scott years, which actually were the Black Sabbath years, JR. Mm-hmm. So oh, there you go. Uh, so they, they both work. Uh, but I think the majority because ACD or Back in Black was such was the breakthrough album, mm-hmm. right? I think that most people that's their version of ACDC, too, is probably mm-hmm. Brian Johnson. And he's been in the band for, what, 40 years, 50? Mm-hmm. How, how long ago was 1980? <laughs> I'm doing the math <laughs> in my head. <laughs> well, I bet 40,
2: they, they 40 took the bottle out of his years. hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, 44 years. forty Almost 44 <laughs> years. It's years. Uh, a long time
2: for anybody to do anything.
0: And Bond was six years, five or six years
3: mm-hmm. in the band. But, whoa, what a mark.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. So let's let's do this really quick. I'm looking at the uh, I want to just look at the track listing here. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. And I'm uh, going to put everyone on your. here's another thing, JR, I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Never look a gift horse in the mouth, first. That's the first. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. One and I'm looking a gift horse in the mouth what I'm about to say and you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to say it anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you stream, right? When you go to Spotify and listen to an entire album, mm-hmm. we're used to the albums we bought, right? And and the albums used to have sides, right? Yep. Side one, side two. You were used to them being in a certain order. Yep. You, got, you got four or five songs on each side. That was the album. That was the album experience. Mm-hmm. Well, now you go and stream the 2013 remix of back in black and there's like 50 songs on it because they go here's a demo version here's a Mm -hmm. remix version here's the radio edit here's a demo version which so part of me is like well that's kind of cool but part of me is like i want to hear the iconic album that i grew up with side one side two (sighs) and it's it's like the it's like the special features on a dvd right those yep. are
2: cool but i want them completely separate it's a different experience I mean, yeah. here's what's funny though okay i don't know if you remember if you were listening to 8 tracks I, my oh, yeah. dad had a bunch of 8 tracks oh, yeah. here's the problem i have when i listen to the same songs now I still hear the click when it's changing yeah. tracks. I'll, yeah. g- I'm, I'll be singing along and waiting for
0: that. You're waiting for it. it. It never so, stopped. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Especially Probably. like Eagles Eagles, Long Run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can tell you where its break was. Okay, so
0: I mentioned the Columbia House. My The very mm-hmm. first order I made on Columbia House was all eight track. And Eagles The Long Run was one that I ordered. I can completely... Relate to where the breaks were.
2: Yeah. It's funny, but I still hear him. And maybe that's the thing that's Pavlovian about this is that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, well, I don't want anything. You know, how many probably have any arguments occurred in in production? Which song is the intro? Which song is number five? And which goes to side B? You know, they they probably argued the heck out of it, slaved over the thought process. And then fast forward to, to, you know, 2023, we're butchering stuff. I mean, you pushed. You, you you know you you're known for a single. No one's putting out any albums now. You get a single and you make a hit off that and, and such. So so it's funny that we would you know how much we emulated and loved the idea of of someone took the time to put together this arrangement. Yes.
0: And so.
2: Not- Sticks so, was definitely an arranged album if you listen to Sticks, Totally. dc might be, have been the same way. And it be, here's, would it be any different if, you, if it started with a different song than Hell's Bells to start off that album?
0: You'd, you'd think, and I know there's limitations because you only got so much tape, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you'd think they'd try and work it to where the, the, the tracks wouldn't switch over in the middle of a song. But they would switch over right in the middle yeah. of a song. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. funny because
2: the volume would go down, and you're yeah. going like, "Who's touching out. the volume?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes back up. It goes right back up. Yeah. But dude, that was fun. I mean, that was the, that was definitely the late seventies, mid seventies, and early eighties. And, and then remember, my next
0: order, I started ordering cassettes. Then,
3: mm-hmm. and you then on up.
0: the on the cassettes, I remember on Women and Children First, the Van Halen cassette I ordered from the Record Club. Mm-hmm there's always a thing that would say a little note that would say the blank tape at the end of side B is necessary to keep the song sequence of the album. You know, so it. so like, so like side one might be, might be 21 minutes long and side two might only be 15 minutes long, but yeah. they do that to replicate the song order on the actual album.
2: So, and, and that's cool. Except if you flip, if you couldn't wait.
0: Exactly. <laughs> And to Bruce's point, songs like Rush that had long songs, he says eight track. Rush, A Farewell to Kings, had a bad click spot right in the cool intro to Xanadu. So, oh yeah, you got a long <laughs> eleven minute song, you know it's going to get chopped <laughs> up by the eight track. That was a crazy format.
2: But bottom um, man, and that we thought that was high tech. I, mean, I mean, my dad, I wasn't buying eight tracks at that time per se. Like, uh, you know on a, but they were my dad had, had uh you know multiple type eight track players, one for the car, he had a you know, eight track player for the home stereo. So I mean <laughs> you were committed to the to the format. Yeah. But but man, you had to be really committed to, to and I'm not sure
0: why. If I remember right, you guys still have a working Betamax, too. Yes, Don't we do. And we still have
2: a working A track. <laughs> you know what's funny is we still have pretty much my old dad's collection. Where dad go. listens to that stuff still. And yeah, I, you know he's yeah. got a you know he's, he's a garage tunes kind of guy. He's so a, uh, I have I have a lot of great memories being in your
0: garage while your dad was listening to the K O M A good guys oh, on yeah. his radio out in the garage. Yeah, but but yeah.
2: dude, he he was all into Van Halen and, and oh yeah Night Ranger. He went to Van Halen with me live me and steve nice uh it was van hagar but still nice. he, he yeah, loves easy nice. top and he, and we went to this so it's pretty good when you can walk walk through uh, life with your father and sheer tunes and stuff yeah see like, i don't think my dad would go to a van halen show well dad fortunately on. never actually listened to much of the lyrics on acds here we probably <laughs> had a little different discussion in the garage but uh you know you know the American Thighs piece. I remember yeah. the first time I heard my dad sing that that lyric. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, no, Dad, don't sing that."
3: <laughs> yeah, he's expensive. like,
2: "Dad, you don't." He's singing along, and you're going, "Oh, Dad, yeah. I hope he, oh, uh, hope he doesn't <laughs> oh, understand." Oh, oh no, he's yeah, saying Oh it. no, oh. and then he's like, well. "You know, there's that that stark realization. What did I just say?" It, you know, it it's funny. And man. and and to be honest, one of the funny
0: things it's it's funny. You got to laugh. Uh yeah. Some of the lyrics did not age well. No. In this- Politically correct environment that we live in. Today. It's rock and roll, man. It's rock and roll. You know. Um, so, <laughs> okay, listen to these song titles. Speaking of this, okay, side one, we've got Hell's Bells, one of the great leadoff mm-hmm. album tracks of all time. Uh, Shoot to thrill. Uh, what do you do for money, honey? Giving the dog a bone. <laughs> Let me put my love into you. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> then we got side two is back in black. You shook me all night long. Have a drink on me. Shake a leg. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. And you know, this had to have been a big inspiration to the guys when they were making Spinal Tap. Oh it's gotta be. Remember yeah. in Spinal I was thinking about this. Remember the Spinal Tap album when it oh, yeah. came out? It was black.
2: Yes. Straight black.
0: black, and yeah, they yeah. have songs like uh, you know, working on a sex farm.
2: Working or, on a sex farm. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm sure that they kind of took a page
2: from the misogynist. Uh, yeah, I think they they took misogynist. it to they they took it to another level. Uh, but I think their black album was an answer to the Beatles' white album. Yeah, I
3: think okay, it probably. But was either well, way, never,
2: we can. It, but but for purposes of ACDC,
3: we
0: know the original. Were, the original smell the glove remember the yeah. album cover no. was too was too racy Yeah, uh, so right. A, a grease naked woman Boy. on all fours being forced to smell the glove that's and right so that's it was a compromise <laughs> the compromise was they put out a completely black album with no
2: words on it no, it, no. It, i i just love nigel you know yeah. they always <laughs> look, his, his response when he finds out he's not gonna get well i it's hard it's all <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not going to get the cover he wants. I almost, <laughs> I almost could see, you know, Angus. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally,
2: <laughs> you know? totally. Um,
0: so, putting you on the spot.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What are your? You always do. Well, I know that's that's why I wanted John, so I had someone to put on the spot all the time.
3: Yeah, there you go.
2: What are your fa- <coughs> favorite songs off of this album? Well. Uh, again, I've made this, the statement back in black. That's what, that's what, that, that had to be the hook that caught the fish, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I keep in mind, I didn't get to play some of the others because you, not out loud anyway. If you had yes. your headphones on, <laughs> you okay. But, um, uh, giving the dog a bum. Yeah. Um, but Hell's Bells as an intro. See, I don't see that I can't start this album. Some albums you can put on shuffle and just listen to the yeah. song and anything pops up is good. Uh, this song, not, I mean, this album really needs to be played in continuity. And the I agree. reason why is because if I, if it starts off, that this album starts off with any different song or leads into a different song that I've, you know, I'm not, that's not you know, original to the playlist. I'm like you, it's not, it's not the song. It's, this ain't the album, man. Get, yeah. get that off. You know, I don't want to, and plus I don't want to hear the same song twice because you can't intro back over. And I think they, sh- I, I think they actually cut the, the downtime between the, the uh, songs so that you actually went straight forward into, maybe that was my, that was just the way I had the CD set up. But anyway, um, just the, giving the dog a bone, yeah. Um, uh, and you shook me all night long. Of course you shook me all night long. You could argue spot just off of back and black, but anyway. um, it's, those
0: are all great. They're all good songs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, you know, there's the one we think of as the hits, the ones that you hear on the, the classic rock station, hell's bells back in black. You shook me all night long. Those are probably the three big ones. Yep. But uh, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Great song. Uh, Given the dog a bone. Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to. What do you do
3: for money? What are you doing for (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's, uh, it's a great album. And here's the thing. And I don't know if I made this point. I think I did, but I want to reiterate, think about this. I can't think of another album. They're coming off. Think of a band's biggest album. Okay. Mm -hmm. They came off their biggest album. Uh, highway to hell was a was a platinum album Mm -hmm. super successful album and their lead singer dies at the top they're at the top of the world lead singer dies Mm -hmm. they go from thinking the band's over all of a sudden they're in the studio in april and may in july was it july they released the album
2: Mm -hmm. july july they released the album
0: uh july they released the album and not only did the album do well, mm-hmm. not only did it become ACDC's best-selling album, mm-hmm. it became the best-selling hard rock album ever. And it's like 30 times platinum by now. Mm-hmm.
2: And there's not anything close. That's what, what, I, what, what I like what are, about it. What are the odds of that? Um, mean, just, I'm trying to think of anything that's even close to that's on the, in that same, I mean, just in, in terms of rock. Because what is it? It's Michael Jackson, ACDC.
0: Yeah, I mean, there have been other
2: big, big rock albums. Well, no one's no one's at that level, though. No, even even not like Fleetwood Mac, Eagles. We think about, uh, but I I think of you know. That those both of those bands I mentioned, both the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, are fairly eclectic in, in their you know in their listening audience as well as their their you know because you had so many different talents, Buckingham and, and everyone, committed and Nicks and and V. So. Well, and here's another big difference: the Eagles
0: and Fleetwood Mac got played like crazy on radio. Mm-hmm. ACDC didn't. No,
2: no, and, and so for them to settle in and, and into that what number two overall sales. Uh, slot unbelievable Uh, yeah it's unbelievable unlikely and hardly
0: unlikely. Mm -hmm. no one would have guessed that they'd ever do it i'm sure most people thought i bet uh, they didn't think they were (laughs) no no way and uh and you mentioned it you know again one of the things we like about acdc is let's be honest they're predictable Mm -hmm. it's like your analogy said when i opened the when i opened the can of my acdc it's. I know exactly what I'm gonna. It,
2: it better sound like ACDC, and <laughs> and it does. Yep, it uh, satisfies. They, they it delivers.
0: Respect. Yeah, and you know here's what's here's what's funny. Um, this is short, I'm gonna make fun of short guys here, Jr. Uh,
2: be careful, you this, know, this uh, short guy can take look, you down,
0: Jr. If you were an ACDC like Brian Johnson, you'd probably be the tallest guy in the band. Well, I'm fine with that. I mean, thinking about Dio and, and well, all those know, know, so short guys that rule the world. It's not these, Brian, t- well, Brian Johnson moved in and he was probably the tallest guy in the band. Cliff Johnson, the bass player, he looks
2: really tall. It's because uh, everyone else is like five foot one, right? Yeah. When you're looking from the audience up to the stage, they all look tall. doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. They all look tall. But anyways, so I mean, this is an album. It's kind of like when we talked about, uh, dark side of the moon Mm -hmm. it's such a huge album there's not much you can say that hasn't been said Mm -hmm. about this album other than what are the odds right what are the odds and it's one of these albums like you said it you got to play it in its entirety there's the back Mm -hmm. in black experience you got to start put the needle on that first track play it all the
2: ride Enjoy the ride. Let the wind go through your hair. That's right. (laughs) On the t-top Trans Am.
0: Trans Am. Yeah. Breaker,
2: breaker. Yeah,
0: breaker, breaker. My son wants to. I was telling him about CB radios, and he's like, "Can you still get a CB?" I'm like, "I guess, I guess you could." Yeah, Citizens Band. You still can. You know. (laughs) So that's my that's my next goal. Well, you know, in all honesty,
2: Jeremy, I I still have a CB. You can get them uh, in Oklahoma. They're just oh well yeah, now where you're at too, but yeah. but in Oklahoma there's still areas where there's cell phone you know oh properties. we have it's just we have no, all kinds uh, of dead spots abisible.
0: But the problem is okay in 1979 mm-hmm. for those youngsters Jr. and I lived through this so we know it. Smokey and the Bandit came out and it did two things right. Everyone wanted a TA a Trans Am with the chicken with the Firebird yep, on it Firebird. It would, and a CB radio. Exactly. So I can remember going on family vacations for the next two years. My dad had his CB, and he's talking to the truckers. Yeah, Breaker 1-9. Breaker yeah, Breaker 1-9. Uh, smoky, smoky chick. <laughs> here's, here's the problem. If I buy a CB,
2: who am I going to talk to? Truck drivers. That's pretty for much truck, it. Do truck drivers still hey, hey, yes, they do. But here's more importantly. I'll buy one, a newer update, and maybe we can boost our signals hey. and talk. We can I do the next podcast over CB. Over CB. <laughs> I
3: like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: let's work on that. Let's I think we can that. do it. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Yeah, so, we're, right. we're
2: bringing the, the 70s back and awesome. early 80s
0: well jr i've wasted enough of your time and clearly we've wasted everyone else's time well, uh, that's what we do and we're that's excellent what, we're professionals that's, at that what we do one last thing nothing to do with anything we're talking about i found a video on youtube last night can't remember the guy's name it wasn't it, me it's an old guy probably 70 years old he's playing an acoustic version of iron maiden's wasted years and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen.
2: Well, now I've got to go see this.
0: you got to find it. I can't remember the guy's name. It's an old guy. Just put in old guy playing huh? Wasted Years on acoustic guitar. First of all, the song's a great song. The lyrics are great. Mm-hmm. lyrics. It's a great message in that song. But to see this guy who's like 70 years old playing it and singing it, 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 for someone who didn't know it was an mm-hmm. iron maiden song mm-hmm. you know my folks would probably hear that song and think that's such a beautiful song anyways <laughs> <check that.
2: laughs> i will that's a good morsel to leave on
0: check it out and with that thank you so much for tuning in follow us on twitter x, x we uh, at class at classic guitar r1 at classic mm-hmm. guitar r1 and you can always email us at class, classic at mail Classic at mail Jr. Cool. As always,
2: always fun, Jeremy.
0: Thank you, and uh, thanks to all of you listening. Appreciate it. Sure. Live long and prosper. See ya. Na- na- nanu nanu.
1: No wrong. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock podcast. Oh night Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com.
2: We're not ordinary people. (laughs) We're morons.
1: We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.